Welcome to the Pole Art Vault's podcast show. I'm Chloe, your host of the show and the founder of the Pole Art Vault. This is your podcast where we talk about pole art, pole dance, personal development, and improving your mindset. Before we dive in, remember you can find the video version of this episode along with other free tips and Q&As on our website at poleartvault.com or on our Pole Art Vault YouTube channel. Welcome to the sixth episode of the Polecast Show. I'm your host, Chloe, and this is Miss Arizona. She's an instructor and multidisciplinary performing artist who have been drop splitting and hair flicking since 2010. Known for her sensual style of performing, Arizona has won titles in pole dancing and showgirl competition over the years. Please welcome a special guest today. Arizona! (laughs) Thank you so much for coming all the way. Really appreciate it. So, have you been? How's everything? Just tell me about have you been? Uh, Well, it's uni break, so it's great. Been catching up on a lot of my Netflix shows. I love Um, that. Been doing a lot of like self training as well, so taking people's classes, so that's always fun. Um, But in the process of moving houses, it's very stressful. Oh, crazy. Moving houses is like always super stressful. The worst. Yeah. So I think like a lot of people have been like requesting and have been like super excited to have you on this podcast because I know for a fact that a lot of like my girlfriends and like pole dancing friends and stuff, they're like obsessed with you. (laughs) Everyone's like, oh my God, I love Arizona. She's like super hot and she's super sexy. So... I think this is like a highly requested one (laughs) and I feel like you're like very mysterious in a sense like you have like this like mysterious like super sexy persona so like super excited to get to know you today (laughs) so tell me about like I guess your background and like how you got into pole dancing because I think everyone's curious Okay, um, well, I was actually working in corporate for 10 years, um, just a regular Sally, just coming into work, and I thought I needed something a bit more risque, because I was feel, feeling pretty vanilla during that time. Yeah. Um, so out of a whim, I started pole dancing with a group of girlfriends, and um, over the years, I'm the last one standing, 10 years later. Really? Oh, wow. So, like, what got you into, I guess, pole dancing and how did you find about it? Um, I don't know. For some reason, I've always wanted to try pole dancing. So, like, I've always been drawn to something a bit more uh, taboo. So, something that not regular people are doing. So, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, been to the gym, done that, did some dancing, done that. Um, So, I thought pole dancing was kind of, like... A little bit mysterious at the time because yeah. it was very underground in 2010 as you can imagine um still in australia so yeah and i was hooked after the first time so. oh wow how did you find out about it because i feel like as you said it was still underground so it would have been really hard to like figure out how to get into definitely it. so i was working in an accounting firm and a bunch of um, my workmates already did classes at Bobby's Pole Studio. And so they would always come back from lunchtime going, oh, that was such a good class. Oh my God, look at my bruises. And I'm just like, what is this thing? 
dying. I need to get amongst it. But I ended up doing um, classes at Suzy Q Pole Studio, which was in Parramatta, which is now Sydney Pole Parramatta, funnily mm. enough, um, because that was closer to home. So, oh, okay. Yeah. So an accountant doing pole dancing. I feel like that's like... Well, I wasn't an accountant, but I worked at an accounting firm. Oh, okay, okay. So you worked at an accounting firm and then you went pole dancing. I feel like that's like such a, I don't know, like super, not taboo, but it's like, I have like this like Secret life. Yeah, 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 that's crazy. And I feel like it's so interesting because I find that a lot of people that work in such like environments for some reason, it's like they have like this other face. Like it's like, yes. oh, I'm a doctor yes. and I pole dance or like, oh, I'm a lawyer and I pole dance. And I find it so intriguing that yeah. people have like those different faces. I mean, like now as an instructor, you see all kinds of people like from mm. all walks of life and being like, you don't, you don't know until you do an icebreaker and you go around a circle and be like, so what do you guys do outside of pole dancing? And they'd be like, I'm a nurse or um, a school teacher or and it's just so interesting to me because in the classroom everyone is just kind of working towards the same goal or like you know there for themselves showing up for themselves and then seeing that they have this other persona outside of pole dancing to me is just so fascinating yeah it definitely is and I feel like that's also like what exactly you said is like a reflection of you as well because I feel like outside of pole like although like I feel like we haven't really spoken much outside of like pole you're very like you're super sweet and then when you go to pole or like when I see you perform it's like you have like this badass like persona (laughs) and it's like I love seeing that like difference of you on stage versus like in real life yeah that's definitely a big contrast for me I'm such a reclusive kind of person so I'm so I'm a homebody I don't actually go out partying I'm so boring but I love being boring um <laughs> and then when I perform I'm just yeah I'm just this different person I feel like that's my release like creative release and like it's not so much an alter ego I wouldn't call it an alter ego it's more so like an outlet for me to kind of express a different side of me that I don't in my daily life mm. and do you feel like your stage persona kind of like reflects your not personality but I guess like your preference in terms of I don't know maybe like music or like definitely so it's like a way for me to kind of express like the things that I'm into without actually expressing them in real life I mean sometimes like I like actually a lot of my themes that I go for are like pretty strong intense themes that I guess are just inspired by you know movies or music or stuff that I'm into that Mm. I normally wouldn't be expressing in my day-to-day life so that's kind of like I reserve that for the stage Mm. right and like how do you come up with these like themes and stuff like that um it's very rare that they come up um this is why I only do competitions once a year um but when I do come up with one it's like I go for gold like I actually think about it so much it's not just like i want to pour blood on my chest on my boobies on stage (laughs) it's not just that like i need to have an entire story so like it could start from anything you know one time it would start from a song i'd be listening to a song and be like i can like 
totally do a show to this and you I have like an, an idea of what the show will be fully formed just listening to the song or sometimes I just want to use like a specific prop and be like I need to have a cage on stage and then like work everything around that or sometimes be like I just want to have hectic makeup or and then I'll think about like an alien show so I can have like alien makeup I don't know. It's like one thing and then I run with it and work everything else around it. Mm, so. Okay. So if you don't know, Miss Arizona is a um, performer. And if you haven't seen her show, where have you been? She is like absolutely amazing. But aside from like performing on stage, what else do you do? Um, I also perform on weekends just in different bars and clubs and some burlesque shows as well. Um, yeah, just whatever. I do some fire eating, um, some chair dancing, some just lots of rolling around on the floor. <laughs> I think. Um, some stuff where you're not rolling around on the floor. Um, some gigs where you're not allowed to open up your legs. So you have to keep your legs closed a bit more corporate. But um, yeah, all kinds. Oh, Keeps that's it interesting. So interesting. Mm. Yeah. So like I've seen you like fire breathe, and I think that one's amazing. But like, how did you come up with? wanting to do that as well I guess coming back to um, wanting to do things that are a little bit more taboo um, mm. now that I've been pole dancing for a long time I'm just like I need to up the ante with my performing so um, I took lessons from a reputable um, fire instructor um, yeah and just went from there I don't do it as often as I should but technically you shouldn't be doing it as often as you should because it is quite dangerous um, that's why you charge a lot of money for it. Oh, mm. right. Gosh, fire breathing sounds like really scary. I can't even think of doing it. It's dangerous, but it's yeah. fun. It's very mesmerizing to watch. You don't it, have to do is. anything. Yeah. You stand on stage with fire and everyone's like... <laughs> it's amazing. So when did you start that? Um, not long ago, actually. Maybe three or four years ago I started that. Mm. Um, it's one of those things that... Um, you train for but then you don't actually put it on stage for a while because obviously there's so many elements that go into it you know you need to actually know about the fire safety you need to have a person with you every time you're performing you need to hone the skills to make it look like you're not thinking about all those things mm. um, around fire so it's taken me maybe it's only been last couple of years that I've been performing on stage with fire but I've been training it for a couple of years before that. Oh, wow. Mm. So I guess like it's kind of the same as pole dancing. Like you can't just, you know, th people think that you can just like, you know, hop on a pole and like just perform. But like you obviously have to like have a lot of like background knowledge and like you have to have a lot of practice to be able to of do course. that. Yeah, you, like, I, I always say that if you're going to put anything out on stage, you need to be able to do it with your eyes closed first during training mm. because you know, when you're on stage, everything just changes. Like there are so many things out of your control. There's the nerves that come on board as well. And if you've got all those things playing a part, they definitely will affect your skill and the technique that you need to execute the skill. Um, and so they need to be absolutely proficient 100% before you actually put them up on stage. Mm, yeah, for sure. So with pole, when did you start performing since you know, you said you've been dancing since 2010. 
Um, I didn't actually start teaching and performing till three years after starting pole dancing. Um, it's so different to now. I know people progress a lot quicker now, um, seeing as we have so many different moves that just come up left, right and center so much quickly. Whereas back in the day, I remember when I started pole dancing, the most advanced move was the static V. And that was it. That is like, you've hit the roof there, you know? Really? Yeah, and so you wouldn't actually start doing outside leg hangs or inside leg hangs until you're in pre-advanced or like intermediate three or something like that. And so by the time you actually feel comfortable to compete and perform, it wouldn't be until years and years later of pole dancing. So yeah, three years after starting pole. That is so interesting. I didn't know that. So with performing so kind of like going back to that were there like any like interesting moments or like any like highlights or like your favorite gig or something like that um I think I did a lot of faking it till you make it when I first started I've definitely gotten on stage before and they're like Arizona right how long have you been performing? I'm like, oh yeah, five years. It was like my first show. They didn't, <laughs> but they didn't have to know that. I've trained for it. Fine. <laughs> and then, just, you know, just pretend that you, you've killed it. And they're like, wow, you're so good. How come I haven't seen you before? It's because I haven't done it before. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so that was a lot of the start of my pole dancing and performing on stages. Um, I wouldn't say there's anything particularly interesting. There is, <laughs> there is one time where I did a gig at a like packed nightclub during Mardi Gras and um, they're like, yeah, you're going to be on stage. Your DJ's going to be there. It's like plenty of space there for you. Um, I got the late spot. It was like 2 a.m. performance. I'm like, how messy can it get? And I go there and the entire floor was drenched because everyone's been spilling their drinks all over the place. Mm. It was hot because it's Mardi Gras, you know, it was like Feb, March. And then they're like, oh yeah, sorry, the floor is too wet. So you're going to have to dance on a coffee table. And so they, they brought out a coffee table, like literally not even a coffee table, like a side table, like this small. I had to perform on my knees, just sitting on my heels and be like, for 10 minutes. It was amazing. It was the best gig I've ever done because <laughs> I didn't come home with sore feet. Um, I didn't have to do anything. I just did some hand dancing. It was great. Oh my god! So yeah. he's just like voguing. Yeah, <laughs> basically. Yeah. So that was pretty interesting. Probably the smallest stage I've ever danced on. <laughs> I mean, hundred percent. Yeah. You can't go any smaller than that. No, I don't think so. That's interesting. <laughs> any mishaps or anything while you perform? Always a mishap. Um, I can't think of one specifically, but there's always one person stealing your freaking underwear or your bra and like in the crowd and you walk around and you walk through and the, someone's got your like bottoms on their head and <laughs> their like bra over their eyes and you're just like, that's where the hell they've been. Give oh. me that. And they're like, just make another one. It's my souvenir. I'm like, no, that's Georgia Moon. That's expensive. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, um, tip, if you're working at a club or anything like that, you have to pick up your own costume and put them all in a basket and, and get the hell out of there. So. <laughs> oh my God, I'm scared. That's so funny. People are dumb. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'd never thought of that before. The people actually do that. Yeah, so you have to like, 
a lot of I'm sure a lot of performers do this now like when you work in a park night, nightclub and you didn't have like an assistant or anything everyone has their little basket of where they dump their costume oh. to when they're performing so that when they leave right. it's all just in one go <laughs> yeah <laughs> well I mean to be fair everyone's like really drunk and I guess like well I mean what what are these people going to do anyways with these costumes I have like, no idea like are you going to put in a frame <laughs> it's like that chick that performed at that nightclub at that one night. It's like, do you even know my name? Like, you didn't even know who I am. Like, you didn't even know where I've been. Don't keep my underwear. God. Like, I paid for these. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. So I wonder if there's, like... I mean, I guess there's going to be, like, a lot of people that, like, want to perform in the future or, like, you know, even, like, people that are getting into, like, pole dancing or, like, performing just in general. So what would you say to those people that are, like, just getting into, like, performing and, like, what's, like, your advice you would give? Um, my advice is obviously train a lot for it. Um, always freestyle because, to me... Looking confident on stage has everything to do with how well you've practiced every move that you do on stage. So if you've freestyled a lot and you're so aware and you're so familiar of what your body is doing in every single position, nothing can go wrong on stage. You can stand there and still think about your next move and you know you're going to look fab. You know you're going to look amazing because you've practiced it a million times. So I think to me it's just practicing as early as you can and doing a lot of freestyle as much as you can and recording yourself. Mm, that's, yeah, that's a really good point. Because I feel like, especially people that are just, you know, starting off with pole or like performing or whatever it is, when you start freestyling, it's like you just feel so awkward and you feel like, you know, sometimes you just feel terrible because it's like, oh, I feel like I'm not, you know, doing well, like this is not for me. I'm just so awkward, like, I'm not going to get any better. I feel like everyone gets caught up in, like, looking or, like, aspiring to be looking like someone else they've seen on stage. And I think when you're trying so hard to do that, you kind of lose what looks natural to you. And so I think, for me, the best performances that I watch are not those that do hectic tricks, although they do do hectic tricks, but they execute them so well with so much confidence because they've done it a million times you mm. know and to me it's so much more enjoyable rather than sitting there going is she gonna make that trick is she gonna make it oh she didn't make yeah. it yeah you know so yeah i feel like you need to kind of distract the audience with fake or real confidence mm. you know whatever that may be for you but you need to exude it on stage. Otherwise, people can feel that energy and feel that vibe from you. Yeah, that's totally mm. true. And I feel like what makes your performance so attractive is that, like, you've just got, like, this, like, glare. And, like, <laughs> it's, like, you, like, exude this, like, confidence. And it's, like, like, I'm strutting my thing. And, like, it's, like... You know what I mean? And I think that's what's so, so attractive. And that just makes the performance, like, just so... Like, you feel like you're in, like, Arizona's world. <laughs> and I love that. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, that's, that's like, that quiet confidence. Like, knowing that you, you've got your, your shit um, comes from doing it so many times. Mm. And knowing that, 
oh yeah, I'm just taking a walk in the park. Like because of years of training of doing that exact same thing. Mm. So. Would you say that you've always kind of like had that confidence? Hell no. Okay, I actually have this like, I had this conversation with a girl I was training with mm. back in the old studio. Um, it was pretty toxic because she, after my first competition, she was like, um, yeah, you had no stage presence. And then I entered a competition that same year and the one of the judges was like, um, you need to go to a strip club and learn from strippers and how much confidence they have on stage because you don't have that. And like, it didn't break me, but it kind of pushed me to work on that. Yeah. So like, every time I trained, I wasn't just training tricks. I was also training my face. I was training like the finessing of the movements. I was training, trying to get people's attention with my body language as opposed to big crazy tricks. And I feel like I've honed that skills, that skill so well from the start that it's become my priority. That now, to me, that's, that's, what, that's what comes naturally. And then the tricks and all that stuff come secondary. Mm, so. That is so interesting. I can't, like, well, seeing your performance now, I literally cannot believe that at all. Sometimes constructive criticism is, is great for your pole journey. Yeah, I mean, definitely is. But, like, I feel like that's really, like, not nice. No, it's not nice. But, you know, sometimes that's what you need, a kick, a kick in the butt mm. to get you in the right direction. Oh, wow. Mm. So, like, would you say that you're, like, a confident person in general? Um, not 100%. I'm confident in things that I can do, obviously. Mm. But I'm always... Um, What's the word? I, I always downplay a lot of stuff because I have this personality trait where I'm like, until I know I'm 100% really good at it, I'm not going to show anyone anything about it. Mm. So like, I'm really like, it's this quote that I really like from that I read ages ago. It's like, ninjas don't talk about killing, ninjas just kill. So to me, that's like, it speaks a lot where you, you kind of like keep your your achievements and your, the stuff that you're working hard for under wraps until they're kind of ready to be unveiled into the world. Mm. That's kind of like been my mantra. Right. So. Well, I love that. Mm. And I think it, that also comes down to like, I'm not too sure, but, and I'm making obviously an assumption, but I feel like you're like a perfectionist. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's the reason why I don't Computers often <laughs> because I'm just so critical of myself and I'm just like, ah, oh, that could have been done better. And so at least if I only do that once a year, I only have to go through that once. <laughs> that is so interesting because like I feel like every time I see your performance, like you just like, like everything's just so perfect. Like from like costume to like your stage presence to like your tricks and like like it's just I don't know. It's so interesting because like every time I see you. I see you perform and I see you do all these like crazy tricks, but like I never s actually see you like posting tricks. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So that, yeah, that comes from like, yeah, what you said, perfectionism and being so critical of myself. I guess we're always our own worst critic. And so just to save myself from that heartache of just like the anxiety of posting something and being like, oh, that could have been better, oh, that could have been better, which I used to do a lot back in the day. I used to post something and be like, my leg needs to be straighter. And like, people don't need to know that. 
You know, like there are people there that just admire you for what you do. And some of those people are dreaming to have the moves that you just do like with your eyes closed. So to me, I feel like that's undermining everybody else's kind of appreciation for their own skills. So I try to stay silent in that. But in a sense, I also try to um, show the things that I struggle with. I will have those posts when I'll be like, oh, I'm not having a great training day today. And like, I'm so glad I just had a bit of a dance today. Like, you know, just just little things that I go through. But I wouldn't actually specifically talk about what was wrong in my performance or what was wrong in, in this and that. Like, no one needs to know that. They're there to they're, they're there to admire you. They're there with you in your journey. They, they already love you. Mm. You know, you don't need to show them a negativity and all the stuff that's going on in your head. Although it does help sometimes because it, it makes you a bit more relatable and they know that you are human. Mm. But yeah, I feel like don't project your um, struggles so much that that's all you ever see in someone's social media. Mm. It's, it's demotivating for other people that are there to look up to you. Mm. So. Yeah, that's really true. And I feel like with you, like I've, like I, I, I love looking at your posts and I also love your social media presence because I feel like just watching you, like it just, I don't know, it just give me this confidence while doing nothing. <laughs> and I, I like, mm, nice. yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm just looking at you like, mm, like I feel confident just great. watching you. <laughs> yeah. And like, you're just like all the posts and stuff, like they're very, very much positive and like, I'm sure, like, a lot of people can relate to this as well. But I think that, you know, social media presence is a huge kind of, like, thing for other people. Because, you know, a lot of the times, they don't get the opportunity to see you, you know, yeah. like this. And, like, being able to see that, like, you know, on your page, like, all this positivity and stuff. It also kind of, like, I guess, helps other people build their own positivity and confidence. And, like, how to kind of, like, I guess you know, present themselves. So I think it is definitely, definitely important. Yeah, I feel like social media presence is is kind of like a branding, not in like a business sense, but you need to curate what you want to put out in the world for your followers. Um, if your page is about showing your training and showing your progress, by all means, that's what you're going to post about. If your page is about, um, you know, showing people how to do a specific trick, that's fine. That's your branding. I feel like my branding is kind of just like showcasing what I do as a performer as opposed to like my training. And there's nothing wrong with either or. Mm. That's just the the path that I've decided to take with my social media branding. And I think it's important for people to start thinking about that if they want to get into professional performing. Because as, my, as hard as it is, a lot of my gigs come from Instagram. Like a lot of my gigs come from people reaching out to me and following me and being like, we want you to perform at our next convention. And it's so important to be able to showcase all the things that you can do so that you are hireable. Mm. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So in terms of like, let's go back to, I guess, like your upbringing and like from, I guess you were born till like now can you give me like a rough I guess overview okay so I was born in the Philippines so I'm full Filipino 
Um, growing up, we didn't have much. Um, my parents were able to just get us through school. So all of this extracurricular and passion I was able to pursue much later in life as an adult. Um, came to Australia when I was 13. Didn't do particularly well in school because I got, you know, hanging out with the wrong crowd. Um, but yeah, I feel like I needed those years to hone in to what I really wanted to do as an adult. Um, actually graduating, I didn't even think about dancing. Like I would dabble in maybe competitive hip-hop dancing like back in the day everyone had like hip-hop groups yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah to do one of those too well like i went through like a there's like a k-pop right yeah, phase. Yeah, yeah, yeah i think that's like my era yeah yeah <laughs> so my yeah we had those as well so you would fall <laughs> you would fall like little groups yeah um, hip-hop groups and you would like perform at shows and stuff like that but um yeah that was the extent of my dancing so coming into pole um, I had no fitness, like good fitness level. I had no flexibility. I had no dance background, nothing. But um, yeah, just learned everything on the job, I guess. Learned everything in pole. Mm. So. so like, I guess going back to like, you said how, you know, like your childhood and like you were hanging out with the wrong crowd and like that, I guess, helped you to become who you are today what was you I guess like like how how do you reflect on that I guess um childhood up to like now okay so some people might know about this already about me because I always say it in intros for competitions but mm. my dad is a pastor so he's a preacher my family is really religious um and I feel like growing up and having those rebellious years kind of um gave me a taste for doing something outside of what I'm allowed to do um and it's it's kind of honed me into this person that's always pushing the boundaries and that's that's why pole dancing kind of came naturally to me and then the reason why I would always gravitate towards the risque sort of stuff mm. because yeah just growing up in, in in such a strict christian family um yeah i feel like that's it's kind of not in a bad sense that like oh i'm doing the exact opposite of what i'm meant to be doing like i'm rebelling like that like i'm 34 like i i don't need to rebel like mm. I'm, I'm over that stage but yeah. it, it's definitely helped me become a person to be more open and more free to do whatever I want. Mm. Yeah. So those formative years of rebelling against my parents actually helped me become who I am mm. today. That is so interesting. And I mean, like, I don't know if anyone else is thinking this and I feel like this is like such a stereotypical thing to say, but I feel like when you're like young and you grew up in a very like conservative or like religious household, like, you just rebel. Yeah. Well, like, I think you either go the path of, you know, like... Becoming still... a doctor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, you, you stay very conservative and yeah. you stay very, very religious or, like, you literally go, like, onto, like, the opposite end of the spectrum. Yeah. I feel like it's a rite of passage to kind of go through those rebellious years and then you find out whether or not you're going to keep to your parents' paths or you're just going to keep to your own 
path and the, the beat of your own drum. And I feel like I've gone in that pathway and I'm so much happier and so much more developed as a person because of it. Mm, definitely. And I feel like, you know, the fact that you're, you had like that background and you understand, you know, that sort of like conservative household. And then you also understand like the other end, of, I guess the other end of the spectrum <laughs> in a sense is, I guess it's so unique to you as well. And like unique to who you are. And I guess like, you know, that's what makes, you know, people interesting as well. Cause you have like a story. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. It's funny. I've told this story before, but when I did pole theater, 2018, the one where I poured blood on myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so because the prop was so big, I needed my dad's suit to help transport it between studios and the actual venue. And my dad's like, what are you going to use the ute for? And I'm like, I have to transport this massive prop. And it's like, what's the prop? And I was like, oh, it's a bathtub. And he's like, what's, the, what's this competition you're doing? I'm like, oh, it's just a pole dancing competition, but my theme is like like a mermaid, like an angelic mermaid. And then like I swim around and like I go in like bubbles and stuff. It's like, oh yeah, that's really cute. That's really cool. I'm like, yeah, yeah. He's like, you have to show us photos after. I'm like, mm-hmm, yep. <laughs> Meanwhile, taking a, a blood bath <laughs> to like, to a song that says Satan specifically. Oh my God. Oh, I'm dad. <laughs> Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Wait, do they know, like, your social media presence? No. I don't even have my parents on Facebook. I'm just surprised because I feel like, I don't know, maybe, like, your friends or, like, your relatives or something may have known you on social media or, like... I did, like, earlier on, and I, I did a um, competition, Dance Filthy, at O2 Nightclub back in the day. And I think she was there because she was like working the bar or something, which is like a church friend. And then she was telling everyone at church, like, oh, you know, like um, she did this show and it was like really risque. And she took like her like bra off and she was just wearing this and da 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 da. And ever since then, I've just like blocked everyone on social media because it's like you, one, you don't understand and you're making assumptions based on your prejudice. And two, like, you were also in that nightclub. Like, you also work in that same, like, vicinity. Mm. So you can't talk crap about me without talking crap about yourself as well. So, yeah, I've just, yeah, it's just, I, I've just kept it separate. Mm. And do you feel like, have they ever, like, questioned you? No, because they know I, like, do it for a living, as in, like, I teach for a living. Mm. So to them, it's kind of like performing is secondary to teaching so they think that teaching is um, my main job mm. she kind of is but um yeah I kind of like downplay a lot of stuff my mom would always say <laughs> this is like a really thick Filipino accent oh do you uh, do some striptease you know when you, <laughs> when you do your balesque or your pole dancing do you do a bit of striptease and <laughs> I'll be like oh no mom I want do like innocent kind of shows I don't do that stuff um which is a shame like I I'd want to be open um in front of my parents but at the same time um knowing my upbringing and the type of people they are I think it's healthier for a relationship to omit some details mm. like you know such as dancing to a song called Satan and pouring blood on my tits so 
<laughs> yeah. Mm. I mean, that is like, that's pretty, I guess, intense for someone that would be like very religious. Yeah, I think they would just have a heart attack and die. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, oh my God. Yeah. I feel like that's also one of, I guess, kind of like an issue that people go through when they, you know, start pole dancing or like doing anything of that sort, I guess, like things that are, I don't know, for some people it's like taboo or like maybe like against their religion and stuff like that. But like what, what would be like your good advice that you would give to those people that are like maybe just starting off? and. Yeah, I think maybe like gauge um, how much of you you want to um, show your family or show your ordinary life. I mean, I do see people that push past those boundaries and are so brave in showing what they are and, and kind of like going against the grain. And I really commend people like that because I, I definitely don't have that brave braveness is that a word I think so <laughs> yes yeah. I don't have that braveness to kind of show my family that side of me and so I, I really applaud people that can um, but if you're in the same boat as me I would say keep everything separate there's no harm in com- compartmentalizing what's my words today compartmentalizing <laughs> your your pole dancing life and it's so much more accepted now and so much easier now like when you're in a studio someone's like oh, you know, is it okay if I record, like, next to you and stuff? And, you know, there, there are also instances where you don't want to be photographed doing what you do. And, and I feel like people are a bit more open to that, knowing that there are those that can't be open about their pole dancing. So know what it is for you. Know what your boundaries are and, and stick to that. You know, if you need to create a new social media account just for your pole dancing, which I know a lot of people do, mm. do that. It's got mm. nothing to do with your name and it's just your pole dancing. But you need to, to sort of have an outlet for that side of you because mm. you, can't, you can't repress that. It's, it's something that you need to water and let grow. I feel like it's, it's your right to be able to enjoy that, even if it's just within that circle. Mm. So. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I think that's like such great advice. And I think like I know for a fact that a lot of people, I guess, struggle, you know, I guess, compart- compartmentalizing. <laughs> yeah. Compart- 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 what? Compartmentalizing. Compartmentalizing. I can't say that. It's too big. It, it really is. Uh, like I'll, I'm just going to say like separate. Yeah. <laughs> Separating, I guess, those two I guess, lives or worlds in a sense, because, you know, it, it is still like, I wouldn't say that like pole dancing is like a hundred percent, like, you know, something that, you know, that anyone can do like without feeling judged or whatever. Definitely. Especially with the whole thing with, you know, those that can share it or feel like they can share it. They have to put it under this guise of pole fitness or like they put all this hashtag like not a stripper like don't do that if you don't want people to to see your pole dancing just don't post it you know don't don't other yourself from what real pole dancing is because that you're perpetuating the problem so you're actually disrespecting the roots of pole dancing and the people that have come before you to you know to make it what it is today um, especially the sex workers that have cultivated pole dancing as an art form Mm. and so I feel like people that that have to put that 
like box and like category of pole dancing just just don't like just don't post it mm. you know it's your need to be accepted it's like why you just pole dancing is sexy you do sexy pole dancing i see you in places <laughs> you do sexy pole dancing yeah. this is not pole fitness yeah. <laughs> pole fitness in, in places please <laughs> that's true <laughs> It's like pole fitness in like teeny, yeah. teeny undies. And you're wearing like bikinis. You're that's not pole fitness. You're pole dancing. Yeah. That's what strippers do in strip clubs. So don't even fake it. Like it's yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's a really hard, I guess, um part of debate in a sense, because a lot of people still, you know, have like the need to feel like they need to present themselves like a certain way or they have like a I don't know a corporate career or something yeah. and like they're like okay if I say pole dancing then people will think otherwise yeah but if I say pole fitness yeah. then it's like oh you know I'm just doing this as a form of fitness so yeah well I, I definitely have had experience in that obviously I've grown from that but earlier on when I was pole dancing and people would say oh what do you do like what's that bruises from and I would say it's from aerials like for some reason aerials is a bit more acceptable than pole dancing but like mm. you're basically doing not you're not doing the same thing it's like some of it's much much harder but like like to you pole dancing has this like stigma around it and so you're like i don't want them to think a certain way but that's not a reflection of pole dancing that's a reflection of you and how you want to present yourself mm. and and what your problem is with pole dancing that's all internalized and you're projecting that internalization to people that you have a conversation with what if that person didn't have like a prejudiced view of pole dancing and you're kind of just trying to tiptoe around telling them that you're a pole dancer because you think being an aerialist is much more acceptable you know you need you need to have these kind of conversations with yourself first and like know what it is and accept it in yourself before you can actually have a truthful and authentic conversation with anyone around you. Mm. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Well, like, I feel like, you know, there's still, like, I wouldn't say a long way, but, like, we still have, you know, I think it'll still take some time to, sure. I guess, break that stigma. And especially, like, well, in, the, in Australia, it's not as bad, but I feel like when you go overseas, it's a little worse. Yeah, especially Asia. Mm. yeah it's still it's still very much taboo um yeah i feel like competitions as well um australia is a bit more embracing of the risque part of pole dancing and the true roots of pole dancing and you know i can't say the same for other countries so where they they kind of liken it more to pole art or like contemporary or like gymnastics or mm. you know so it's hard because we live in this bubble of like yes being sexy is so celebrated like yes we love like the stripper roots of pole dancing like it's so easy to say that in australia because we celebrate that form mm. whereas overseas they don't they don't have that same privilege like we do no um, and it also maybe because you know like in some countries like they I don't know, maybe they might prefer, like, one style Stop. over the other, other as well. I'm not too sure. But, like, I know for a fact that in the US, like, there's still a very kind of, like, heavy, like, oh, you're a pole dancer, then you're a stripper kind of, like, yeah. um, I guess, like, stigma. So I think it is really hard for 
I guess, like, some people to, like, come out and be like, oh, I'm, like, you know, a pole dancer. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, like, I, coming back to, to what I said, I think it's got everything to do with how you feel about it, your relationship with pole dancing, mm. and how you want to present that to the world. Mm. Yeah. So you don't get caught up in, in the stigma of it, but more so what you personally think about it and what, what, what it is, what it means for you mm. as a pole dancer. And you can have that conversation with people. Mm. You know, you don't have to other yourself and be like, I don't want anything to do with that. I'm going to be a pole fitness person. So, yeah. So if, if you're accepting of what it is, if you just tell them, look, I'm just doing it for fitness, but I do recognize that it is sexy. I do recognize that it is taboo. But personally, I just do it for fitness. Mm. And that's fine. You can totally have that conversation with people and people will understand you you don't have to label yourself not a stripper mm. in doing so yeah so like to you what is pole dancing to me pole dancing is a creative outlet so it could have been anything but i feel like pole dancing is so unique in a sense that it embraces your your way of being like for me as a woman it's it's it embodies everything that I can do as a woman, not just look. You know, it's it's my strength, it's my grace, it's my flexibility, it's my creative outlet, it's my you know musicality, my relationship with people, my sage presence, everything that I want to convey and embody as a woman, I can do in pole dancing. Mm. I can do through pole dancing. I haven't really found anything quite like pole dancing that can embody all those aspects of me in the one art form. It's mm. just so unique in that way. Mm. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think um, pole dancing is just, it's like, it's like everything. It's like, as you said, like dancing, it's like fitness, it's art, it's performing, like, and I feel like it's also good for your mental, like personally, I find it really good for your mental health as for well. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I always, yeah, I always see it, especially in new students. They start off being so focused on what they look like. So they're always so conscious of, you know, oh, what, am I, what do I look like climbing up that pole? What do I look like wearing that outfit? And then it just morphs into, oh, I can do this. Like, or how does it feel when I do this? Or am I able to do that move after this move? And does it look smooth? Does it feel smooth? Does it feel strong? So it, it, it develops from what it looks like to what it feels like. And I think that's the power of pole dancing. Mm, yeah, definitely. And I feel like with pole, like it's just not just like a physical challenge. It's like a mental challenge. And it's as much as it's physical, it's really about getting over the thought of, okay, am I, like, am I able to do that? Or like, like, just like, I guess, stop doubting yourself. And then, you know, once you get over that, like, mental, I guess, challenge, then it's like anything is possible to you, you know? Yeah, for sure. Like, people come into the studio, like, students come in and they've had the worst day and then they come into pole dancing and actually forget about things for a whole hour. And I love that so much because that's not, that doesn't stop in the classroom. It doesn't stop in the studio training during classes. You take that on as a pole dancer. You know, you, you get lost in it. You get lost in creating choreography. You, you get lost in just freestyling. You get lost in creating content. And I, I feel like everyone needs that as an off time. You know, some people go for walks. Some people go for a drive. 
And I feel like dancing is that same outlet and pole dancing is, is unique in a way that you do tricks and like death-defying stuff at the same time. And it just gets your mind off things and it's so good for your mental health. Mm, yeah, definitely. You mentioned that you were studying. Yes. As well. What are you studying? Um, so I'm doing an undergrad in exercise and sports science and then I'm hoping to get into my physio master's. Oh, wow. Yeah, so another couple more years of studying. <gasps> then I can fix all the bodies that I break. <laughs> <laughs> what makes you like decide on going into physio? Um, so I've been a remedial massage therapist for the last four years. And so I've worked in a physio clinic, so supporting physios um, with dancers. We mainly deal with ballet dancers and acrobats and circus performers. So to me, um, massage is great because you're able to create that uh, really intimate relationship with your client and knowing where their body's at. But I feel like being a qualified physiotherapist would kind of open up a whole new world for me in terms of diagnosis and actually working them with them to achieve specific goals and, you know, help them perform to like their optimized level. So I think as a pole dancer of 10 years, it's, it was a natural progression for me to be interested in something like that. Mm. And it's definitely helped with my teaching. So having that anatomical knowledge and biomechanics and all that stuff um, definitely helps me instill some injury prevention boring talks with my students. I always tell them, all right, boring talk time, everyone. Let's talk about the techniques that happened in Shamila. Um, I'm going to be talking a lot, but you have to listen to every single one of them because they're all very, very important. I know it's boring, but you have to listen. Sorry. The boring physio student in me. I love that. <laughs> boring talk time. Yeah. And they're like, oh, okay, well, I mean, <laughs> they're very good. What's like the most important tip you give in, I guess, like, it would be really hard to like generalize like a tip, but. For students. Mm. Um, I always like the thing that I always come back to all the time is engaging your muscles. I feel like people think they're Velcro. Like they just place a hand or a leg on there and it's just going to stick to the pole. Like it's not going to stick on the pole. You need to squeeze into the pole. So I feel like it's such a boring thing for um, instructors to be like, engage, engage. But I feel like that is the most important tip you can have um, for a student so that they know to actually squeeze every living part of them. And, you know, at the same time, if you're squeezing those muscles, you're working them out. Mm. So you get more out of it. So like, would you say that like, well, since you've, you know, been doing remedial massage and then you're obviously progressing into like becoming a physiotherapist that you're doing, like you, you enjoy, you know, talking to people, like engaging with people, like helping people. I, I do. Yeah. So within obviously like my means, I try not to like say things that it's like above my skill level or like above my education. So mm. just within what I already know, um, within my scope, but I definitely love speaking to students and helping them troubleshoot why they're not able to do a specific move or like what they need to work on more in terms of, you know, cross training, which is so important for pole dancing. I think like the mistake that I did as a student was just doing pole dancing five, six days a week and not doing anything 
outside of that you mm. know so whether it's going to the gym or doing sports or doing other kinds of stretching yoga all that stuff it helps with maximizing your training time i think so if your body is just doing the same motions over and over and over again mm. your body's gonna break obviously and when you're injured you have to my boring talk happening now see? <laughs> <laughs> and when you're injured you take so much time off pole and then your mental health gets affected and so i feel like like me as a dancer now i've had a plethora of injuries in the past and the only thing that I, that's actually helped me is cross-training. So outside of pole, I take, you know, dance classes. I take handstand classes. So anything that would kind of decompress my body from doing pole dancing is helping me get stronger in the opposite kinds of movements. And mm. that's probably my second biggest tip for students is to cross-train outside of pole dancing. Mm. I think I need to take that <laughs> <to> myself. <laughs> Do some handstand classes. That sounds really fun. Handstand's good because like we do a lot of like overhead pulls mm. and then we do a lot of like pushing down this way and just in weird compromising positions whereas handstands just get you in that right alignment, everything closed in, everything braced in and then pushing the ground off. And I think it's, it's so important for pole dancers to be able to have that different vocabulary, vocabulary, vocabulary in your body as opposed to just the same over and over again give mm. it a try i think i need to mm. <laughs> and like what kind of like dancing do you do outside of pole? yeah so i take um i take some random classes so i do like contemporary classes i will do like a hip-hop dance or a jazz dance or like a theater jazz dance so anything really that it's out of my comfort zone that doesn't require heels of course so Oh. Something completely opposite. But that's just me. Some people do things or take dances outside of classes that are similar and will complement their dancing. Mm. You know, so just whatever your body feels at that moment. And do you feel like you take those kind of like learnings and then implement it into pole as well? Definitely. So in terms of like technique, like weight distribution in your feet, um, being able to turn, spotting, marking. I also take a lot of tips from the teachers that I learn from as an instructor myself. You know, I feel like it's important to grow as an instructor and being able to deal with the different types of students you have um, by learning different skills and how people explain things from other teachers as well. It's so important to also take pole dancing lessons from other teachers um, even if you're an established pole dancer yourself. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I think because I've seen you um, like take Coco's classes. Um, Coco is a pole dancer here in Sydney. She's the owner of um, Love, Love Pole Studio. Yeah. But yeah, I've seen you take her classes. Yes. And yeah, I love that. Like I love that you actually invest into yourself because I think like in life in like anything you do I think the most important thing is to like invest in yourself rather than investing into like material items or something for sure and mm -hmm. like also you know a lot of a lot of those times it's not just for myself it's also for my students it's also for you know the type of pole like pole teacher you want to be so I think it's important that students are seeing that their instructors are broadening their skills and upskilling and training and maintaining their training um, because it's easier for them to trust a 
a teacher that knows that they don't know everything. You know, mm. you don't want to be an instructor and be like, I've done it all. I know everything. Like they can see that we're humans and they can see that we also need the training. And so that will hopefully inspire them to, to want to continue their training and not be complacent and be like, I've gotten that move or like I've done my first competition. Like I don't need to learn from other people. I just need to train by myself. So mm, definitely. Well, that, that was really inspiring. I think there's a lot of things that I could learn as well, because I feel like sometimes I do get complacent myself because, you know, you know, it's just like sometimes you've got like so much work or like, you know, stuff like that, like life happens. And, yeah. But then if you want to obviously keep persevering in your art form, like no matter what happens, you just need to keep on still educating yourself, still sure. keep learning. And pole dancing is evolving. You know, there mm-hmm. are new styles coming up. And as much as I love my personal style of pole dancing and as, as much as my students do come to me for that specific style of pole dancing, I feel like for me personally to grow as an, a performer and instructor, it's important to keep up with the times, you know, important to keep up with how pole dancing is evolving. You know, mm. It doesn't have to be the new trick. It doesn't have to be like the new, like, I, God knows, I don't know how to freaking flip. You flipping heels, you're crazy. <laughs> but, you know, I don't need to flip, but I, I need to also like, learn what what's out there so that when students are looking for it you you can provide it and you can actually help them through it you don't mm-hmm. have to be proficient at it but you're you're there you're available for for them to to get assistance from mm. i think it's very important yeah definitely i've learned so much from you i've talked a lot sorry <laughs> no oh my god don't. are you kidding it's like such an honor to have you here and for us to kind of, I guess, be able to, you know, provide, I guess, knowledge from the, honestly, like the beautiful Miss Arizona. I've been wanting to like interview you since I started this because, you know, as I said, a lot of people like really look up to you and like, I guess like your showmanship and like you also like obviously as an instructor as well, because I know for a fact, a lot of people like really look up to you so such a pleasure having you here thank you so much thanks for having me so if people would like to find you on social media where can they find you um mostly post my stuff on instagram so miss underscore arizona amazing so i think we're gonna wrap up there thank you so much again and i shall see you in the very next episode bye Thanks for tuning in and I hope you enjoyed this episode and also leaving this show with some great tips that can help you and your well-being. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me via our website or any other socials on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all at Pole Art Vault. If you also enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to the show so that you're notified every time I upload an episode. And also will be much appreciated if you can leave a comment and five-star review if you feel like you gained any valuable information. Until next time, keep slaying, hun.